Hi everyone, this is Emma from Love London Love Culture. I hope you're well. Um, I hope you all enjoyed my interview with Lucy Eaton a few days ago, um, talking about her new podcast, her theatre podcast, Hear Me Out, uh, which if you haven't listened to, I thoroughly recommend because I had so much fun talking to her. Um, also, check out her her podcast hear me out as well which is available the first four episodes are available now and having had a listen to a couple of them it is really worth your time checking into her podcast as well so I want to apologize because I think for the first few episodes of this podcast I've spent a lot of time talking about theatre now obviously that's there's nothing wrong with that at all but I feel like I'm giving that the wrong impression well, that's just what we cover in Love London of Culture. But I have you know, we do cover books, film, um, music and visual art as well. And I hope to sort of cover more of that, those topics as we go on in the next few weeks. Um, so this week, I, I'm going to mix it up. Um, I'm going to focus on books um primarily the books that I've been reading and enjoying throughout lockdown because let's be honest we've we've all been able to have that little bit more time and indulge with um reading new books finding and discovering new authors which is always a really exciting thing for me to do but obviously um I haven't always had time to do that so I tend to go for authors the same authors over and over again but not in this time. I've managed to discover new authors, and I just want to spend a little bit of time today talking talking you through some of my favourites um, from the last year that I've read. So I'm going to start with um, a book called A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. Now, I love Greek mythology. Uh, it's always fascinated me since I was a kid. Um, I think that was because I read Horrible Histories, Groovy Greeks, and its follow-up, which covered the mythology side of things. Um, and since then, I've just sort of, it caught my imagination. They're stories that really captured my, my imagination. But they seem to be making a, a real prominence in books that are being published in the last few years or so. Um, and this one by Nestle Haynes, Thousand Ships, it focuses on the Trojan War, um, but not not from a male perspective, not from all those who went and fought. And it's not about the politics of it all. It is about telling the women's stories, the women who were left behind while the men went off to battle, or the women who were actually caught up in this this epic war. Um, and then were used as slaves, as pawns, um, for scoring political points. Um, and it's really well written by Natalie. Um, I have to say, it really drew me in from the, the first page. Um, because these are, it, she highlights that these women weren't just women. They, they had their part to play too. Um, references to Amazon warriors who came and joined in the battle and took over the women who came up with plans to sort of try and escape etc and it was just wonderfully vivid um storytelling that it was just 
fascinated me and I, I, I don't know, I can't remember how long it took me to read this book, but I, I definitely know it was, it was not at all long. Um, there's such a diverse range of characters and stories. And now whenever I, I sort of look at Greek mythology or the Trojan one, if I read any books perhaps written from the male perspective, I kind of think, well, hang on, what about women? Why, why are you not bringing them into it more? They, they've got a part to play. And it, Natalie Haynes really, really makes you think about all that. So if you're into Greek mythology um, or want something a little bit different in terms of perspective, then that is a book you really, really need to, to read. That is one that I highly, highly recommend. Um, so another book that I read uh, during the first lockdown uh, was Hamlet um, by Maggie O'Farrell. Now, it's the story of Shakespeare, but not with Shakespeare in it. He's not the primary focus. The focus is on the family. Um, and it's really engaging. It did, admittedly, take me a little bit of time to sort of get into it um, because the style of writing which is fabulous once I got my head around it it was it was absolutely fabulous um, very vivid the imagery the emotions the story the characters they all just interwove with one another um, beautifully um, and it was a really unexpected read for me personally um, I'd never read anything by Maggie O'Farrell before, but she is certainly now someone who I'm keeping an eye out for future reads, and I'm going to go back and read uh, previous books as well. Um, it just had such a nice rhythm. It was gentle. It was, and it was thought thoughtful. Um, and again, it, it's a very female orientated book, uh, putting a female right in the centre of the story, and just going with it and it's it's a real really really fabulous read um sorry excuse me there got a bit of a dodgy throat at the moment um and third book that i want to sort of really discuss with you um is called dutch girl audrey hepburn and world war Two. now <laughs> I know it sounds like a really, really heavy going read, um, but as someone who really loves Audrey Hepburn, anyone, again, who knows me really well um, or has even seen my room, um, I've got masses of <laughs> Audrey Hepburn memorabilia from film, films, books, everything like that, um, because she's just so fabulous and everything else. But a lot of the books that have been written about her tend to focus on her film career. That's that's fabulous. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The first few chapters of any biography that I've read tend to focus on her childhood. Obviously, it's a good starting point. Um, but there seems to be a lot of gaps in research or detail or anything like that. Now, I, I understand she didn't particularly like talking about her experience in the war when doing interviews and things like completely understandable. It's a very personal experience. Um, but this book 
by uh, Robert Matson is so detailed and so wonderful. It actually made me evaluate or see Audrey Hepburn in a different different light. You know, on the surface, you think she's just this calm, elegant person, but as a child, you know, she was. Of course, she was full of life as an adult as well, um, full of laughter and, and joy, and of course sorrow. But this book really shows her strength, strength of character as well. How she, how she did what she had to do to to survive, and actually it portrays her mother as well in a different light. Um, you'll have to really read the book to understand what I mean by that because it, it goes into so much detail, more detail um, than I can possibly cover in this podcast um, episode. But what I mean, it was, it, it's a terribly moving read. Um, and although they use Audrey's, the author uses Audrey as a starting point, it is about the community she lived in as well. You hear about her family, what happened to her family, although her father is still very much um, a shadowy figure. But I was, I was really moved and I, I can't even imagine exactly what she went through. She, she is a true survivor and it just made me admire her even more, but in a different way um to what i'd previously seen from her um you know her compassion everything that we know her as now um or remember as or as she's portrayed now um it takes on a whole new meaning by reading this book um and also given the fact you see world war ii in the in the title you sort of think it's going to be really heavily written it's not it goes into detail but it's vivid it makes it very personal it tells you stories of individuals and the roles they played in the resistance and it's 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 terribly moving um so even if you don't normally read history or any books about world war ii or you don't know anything about Audrey Hepburn, it's still very much worth your time to read because it gives you a whole new perspective of the war as well that I I wasn't aware of. I was shamefully ignorant of um, before reading this book and I will certainly have to give it another read very soon because I think it gives you a, a large perspective of what we've all been through in the last year. We can't imagine what it was like going through World War Two, um, but this was really, really, really poignant and well written. You can tell that he's gone into such depth in terms of research, um, trying to piece together bits of our life that other biographers have not been able to do. And that is that is so so impressive. So it is really worth a read. Um, so for my fourth choice, um, I don't tend to be a murder mystery kind of girl. Um, if I'm being completely honest, uh, the main reason is I feel like everywhere you go, it's quite saturated with 
murder mysteries, TV and films and all sorts. Um, so I tend to stay clear of that as a genre. Um, but then I heard great things about Richard Osman's The Thursday Murder Club. So I picked up a copy and I thought I'd give it a try, see what, see what happens. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it was enough to sort of change my whole perspective of murder mysteries. It's, it's charming, it's, it's set in this retirement village. These characters are sort of supposed to be taking it easy and yet they want to be involved with solving crimes and it's really jam-packed full of humour. There's lots of lovely twists. Um, I love the way the characters interact with each other. And it was just a really unexpected um, read that I really couldn't get enough of. Um, it was just really fabulous and it took me by surprise. And now I can't stop recommending it to people um, to read it because it's, it's, it's just hilarious as well as being really lightly written. He's got a really light touch to his writing that just draws you in and it's it makes you feel comfortable instantly. It's not pretentious, it's not necessarily as dark as previous um as other murder mystery crime novels are. Um and it's also one that can really easily seem be made into a, a Sunday night drama. And it's got that cozy Sunday evening feel about it that runs right through <coughs> and it's it's just a, a immensely enjoyable to to read um, okay so I'm going back to Greece I'm going back to ancient Greece I should say um, I'm back to the Trojan War specifically again I do apologize um, so Stephen Fry, whose books um, and Mythos and Heroes I really enjoyed previously um, because he writes with great intelligence, great insight into these, these sto stories. As I explained earlier, I've got a really good, good fascination with um, uh, Greek mythology. Um, so his latest one, he covers uh, the Trojan War. Um, and again, you know, it could be easy. It's a topic that is, it can be quite heavy, heavy handed, um, depending on who's writing it. But again, Stephen, what Stephen Fry does so well is he makes the stories seem simple, straightforward. He cuts through any jargon, so to speak, and makes it easy and accessible for people who are perhaps not so familiar with these stories um particularly with this this epic tale um it's fascinating it's easy to follow it's written with humor it's it's just immensely enjoyable um piece of writing um from start start to finish um and i i can't praise it highly enough um it's another one that I'm going to have to go back and reread at some point. Um, I'm so sorry, I'm just realising how many books on this list are surrounding ancient Greek. I promise, I promise this is the last one. Um, so I'm, it's another book written by Natalie Haynes. Uh, she 
clearly had a very, very busy time. Um, Pandora's Jar, yes, that's right, Pandora's Jar, not Box. Um, it's it's all explained in the book as to why that, that came about. Um, but I again, I love the way, this is a non-fiction book, and I love the way that she brought in how art and all kinds of films, etc., have interpreted these stories. And she sort of says, well, what if you saw it from this point of view? What if you saw it from the female point of view? So she brings um, 10 female characters from Greek mythology. She looks at their stories. She breaks them down. And then she reimagines them. As, well, not reimagines them, but just adds a different perspective on them. And just makes you think, okay, well, maybe this wasn't their fault. This, they, this is just the way they've been portrayed. And I found it so, so fascinating to read about. Um, again, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. I thought perhaps it was, she was just retelling the stories, but um, no. Um, it feels better done this way, to be honest. It gave me a, a newfound appreciation of these women or these characters. And it's fabulous. It's it's a really enjoyable read. It breaks again, just like Stephen Fry's um, Troy. It breaks down the stories in an easy, accessible way. But it's written with such great intelligence. So next on my list um, is the Tuscan Countess by Dinah Jeffries. Now I've read her previous um, books, uh, such as The Missing Sister, uh, Before the Rains, and so forth. Um, so I was really intrigued um, because this is takes it off in her writing off in a completely different way. It's set during World War II. Um, it's about two women fighting for the resistance. And what I loved about it was it was so gripping. It was full of intensity, danger, um, with hints of romance, hints of little lighter moments. But it was such a concise and wonderful read um it's very very different from her previous works um so it made it it made for a nice contrast and was a really pleasant surprise um and i really 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 loved it she's got a new series of books coming out soon that were also um set perhaps during the war i think if i've got that right um so I'm really looking forward to sort of reading that the first one when that comes out at some point this year. Um, she's just got such a way with bringing scenery to life and it's very clear how much research that she puts into each novel um, because it really brings that era to life. If you haven't read any of her works um, previously, then please, please do so because she's another great author to sort of really look out for and it, it and just enjoy. She writes these sweeping epics that just are, are gorgeous, um, evocative, emotional, and with strong, sensual female characters right at the heart of them. Um, that will please so many people. So if you've not checked out her work before, please, please do so. Uh, she is well worth it. 
Um, so the next book on my list is that hasn't actually been published as yet. Um, it is due to be published on the 1st of April. And it's called The Three Locks uh, by Bonnie, Bonnie McBird. Sorry, apologies there. My voice nearly went again. Um, I was able to get a, a copy in advance so I can review, could review it. Uh, so check out my review on the website. But it's her fourth Sherlock Holmes um, adventure. And what I really enjoyed about this was it's not just one mystery. It's several mysteries in there. Um, and it combines science, magic. I mean, a lot of the, the suspects, the characters are not really particularly nice, if I'm being honest. Um, they're all a bit rough around the edges, but I I found them I found it a gripping read. Um, it's it's very cleverly written. I feel like she really brings Arthur Conan Doyle's characters to life. But also for this one, I, what I really enjoyed and really appreciated was that Dr. Watson played such a central role in this one. She, he's taking the lead as such. Sherlock Holmes gets himself into all kinds of troubles throughout this book. And so it's up to Watson to try and take the lead on it. And I think it's I think it's really, really fascinating approach. And you know, who doesn't love Dr. Watson? I think he's a, one of the great, great companions um ever created, um, in my opinion. Uh so that was that was a really, really, really good good read. Um so yeah, as I say, it's not out yet, so just hold your horses. Um, wait until April until it's published. But if you love Sherlock Holmes, um, and have read all the Arthur Conan Doyle books, definitely, definitely give this one a, a go. Uh, it's really, really worth the while. So in December on Netflix, a little series called Bridgerton uh, came to. Uh, came to town and uh, it proved immensely popular. Um, I can't say enough about how good the series was, but I had not read uh, the book that it's based on. Um, obviously, the TV series has fleshed out the story. Um, I'd read um, other Julia Quinn books previously, so I kind of knew what to expect, so to speak. Um, Reading, reading Bridgerton, um, or as it's known, the first in the series, uh, the Duke and I, um, I can I can see why they chose it. It's just light-hearted um, entertainment. Yes, it's fluffy. It is very very fluffy, um, but it's romantic. It's easygoing, easy to read, um, enjoyable stuff. So, if you love romantic fiction love just instantly warm likeable characters then this is certainly um something that you you will enjoy um so i need to get the other books in the series because i'm not quite sure how all the stories are emerging i've heard bits and pieces of other stories but i really want to sort of get to grips with the stories which so i will be pre-ordering those as soon as possible um but yeah, it was. It just made a nice contrast to read something on this lines as opposed to something a little bit more 
heavy going. It just gives me a break. It's, it's really wonderful to read. Um, so the 10th book on my list was The Final Warning. Now, I know we've heard a lot of things about what's been happening in America, which I'm not going to get into because it's, this is not the purpose of the book, podcast. I want to provide escapism from the real world. Um, but this was a really interesting take on American politics. Um, it's written by Peter Isdale Carpenter. It's his first book. And it just gives you a look at the presidency um years set in the future um and it i found found it really gripping it covers issues such as corruption and power and i found myself being really intrigued from the very first page of this um it's it's got everything you want and again i'm not really a political thriller fan but it's it was really re- well written um, the full review is on the website. Um, if you care to check it out, then please do so. Um, it's really, really worth worth a read. Um, so yeah, that's that is my top ten list of books that I've read during lockdown. I'm sure I've read plenty more or reread plenty more. Um, so. Do feel free to let me know what you've been reading. I hope that you've enjoyed this. Please feel free to get in contact with me, either by Twitter, um, at Love London of Culture. Find me on Facebook. Um, Again, Love London of Culture. Send me a message just to say what you've been reading. Um, Maybe you've got some recommendations that I should be picking up and reading based on my own list. But yeah, I hope you really enjoyed this and I hope I've inspired you to go discover new books. Um, So please uh, have a really good week um, and I will speak to you again soon. um, Hopefully with a bit more insight into some of the other things that I've been up to. Um, Next week I will be focusing on some of the wonderful stream theatre that I've experienced. Yes, I know, back to theatre, but... Um, I really want to give a shout out to anyone who has been a part of theatre for last year and creating creative theatre in last year. So anyway, that is going to be the topic for next week. Um, if you like the sound of that, please feel free to tune in. Um, and I take care. Have a wonderful, happy week. And I will speak to you again soon.